Hey church, happy Mother's Day weekend. We are so excited that you are here with us worshiping and celebrating tonight. For every mom who is out there, I just wanna say happy Mother's Day. Thank you for being awesome. And it's my prayer, it's our prayer tonight that as we unpack truth together that you feel loved on by God, you feel seen by God, you feel known by Him because you certainly are. So thank you for sharing part of this Mother's Day weekend with us here at the City Life Church. I was reminded recently of a story, an aha moment I had as a young mom. Um, I believe I was pregnant with Claire. Ethan was about one years old, learning to walk. Derek was a rambunctious three-year-old. And I met some girlfriends who also had young kids at a park for a play date. And although I don't remember all of the details of that morning, what I distinctly remember is not being prepared. I remember that I had put these cute little matching sporty sandals on Derek and Ethan, but we were at a park that was filled with mulch and they kept getting it in their shoes and crying and having to take them off and shake them out. And I remember running out of drinks and snacks on that warm day. And I remember Derek falling and skinning his knee and friends having to give me the necessary wipes and band-aids I needed. And, and so I'll never forget when I was driving home from that play date, like the aha moment of, oh my goodness, I'm the mom. Like I have to show up with the mom bag. I have to actually bring all of the things that my kids need so that we're prepared for what the situation might bring. And although it sounds funny now, 20 years into my mom journey, having carried a mom bag with me for you know 18 plus years, it was that moment where I realized I needed to put some forethought into it. I was the mom, I had to show up with all the stuff and it changed me. I remember going home and putting Ethan and Derek down for a nap and pulling a bin out, which that bin ended up living in my car for years. And I stocked it with changes of clothes and little water bottles and pantry stable snacks. And I filled it with Neosporin and Band-Aids and mosquito sting repellent and sunscreen and bee sting stuff and just all the things that I might need as a mom. And I was determined to not be caught off guard like that as much as possible again. Now, several times in my parenting journey, I certainly have been. I've been caught off guard by situations, by financial circumstances, by attitudes, by certain seasons of parenting, and then just in life in general, caught unprepared. This feeling of being unprepared is honestly exactly how I felt in early March. I would love to stand up here and say as a woman of God filled with his power that I was prepared, but I honestly found myself really feeling unprepared. I had not stockpiled toilet paper or hand sanitizer. We did not have uh, bins of food in our garage or anything like that. I was physically unprepared. I was even more so emotionally and mentally unprepared. And I found myself floundering. I found myself feeling a lot of things that I knew weren't God's best in that moment. And so I immediately turned to the Lord and I asked him the question, what am I supposed to do? God, what are you saying to me in this season? And what am I supposed to do? And God, who is so amazing, he so reassuringly met me in that moment. He so lovingly, and also I would say authoritatively met me in that moment. And he impressed on me the phrase, stand firm. Vanessa, all I need you to do is stand firm. So I immediately opened God's word and began unpacking that and studying that. And that is what I'm excited to share with my mom friends today. What this looks like in God's word. 
I believe that as moms, as dads, as teenagers, as, and then you fill in the blank because this is truth that's relevant to all of us, but specifically today as we speak to moms, as moms, we must become expert at standing firm because what we know is that at all times and in all situations, we are discipling the next generation. We are living out what it looks like to be a disciple of Christ. Our children are watching us. They're looking to us, leaning into us, following us, and taking notes on what it means to follow Jesus authentically throughout the situations that life brings. So the really great news, the really amazing, life-giving, hope-filled news that I have to share with you today, which God has just been stirring up in me and encouraging me, is that God has already purchased, packaged, and delivered this box of preparedness items that we need for life. We do not have to go make a list of all of the things that we think we might need. We don't need to brainstorm where we should get them and hope that they're in stock. Once we've gotten those items, we don't have to worry that they may or may not work, that we might, we might not have everything we need because God has put together this complete box of items that allow us to be prepared and hence stand firm no matter what life blows our way. And we find this explained in Ephesians 6. So I wanna invite you to get there in your Bibles. And as you do, I just wanna tell you a little bit about the book of Ephesians. It's certainly one of my favorite books of the Bible. We know that this was a letter that Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus. And although Paul wrote much of the New Testament, many biblical scholars would say that Ephesians is kind of his supreme work, his best work. It's in Ephesians that he states things that had not been stated before. He connects dots. He makes things very, very clear. And it's the first several books of Ephesians that Paul just begins to build a foundation for who we are in Christ. It's all about our identity in Christ. He says things like, you are chosen, that you are holy, that we are anointed, Things like we are adopted sons and daughters, meaning we have full access to everything that God offers, right? That we are alive with Christ. We are seated in heavenly places. And so where we want to pick up today in Ephesians 6 verse 10 is built on the, within the context of our identity in Christ, which Paul spends all this time building. And so in verse 10, we pick up, finally, he writes, finally, knowing who we are in Christ, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm. There's our phrase, that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Now, before we go ahead and unpack this box of items that God has prepared for us, I wanna note two things in this verse that I believe have implications for our lives. The first one is put on. This implies that although God has purchased, packaged and delivered this box of items to us, I have a part to play. You have a part to play. We must put on this armor. We must, later it says, take up. We have to exercise the role that God has called us to. We cannot just look at the box of items, we must put it on. There's work for us to do. The other thing is it says put on the full armor. 
I find that interesting because every time in this book that Paul references the armor of God, he either says the full armor or the whole armor. I think that's instructive because we're not supposed to pilfer through the box and pick and choose the pieces that we're most comfortable with, the pieces that we feel like wearing that day, but rather they're meant to be worn in full in unison. They work together and without any single one of these pieces, right? Without any single one, we have a vulnerability. And I believe for some moms here today, it's possible that as we unpack this box of items that God is gonna just love on you and say, hey, you've not been using this piece of armor. You've sensed a vulnerability and you've not been sure. Let me talk to you about why. So we have to do our part and we have to put on all pieces of this armor. Verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. So Paul spends time telling us who we are in Christ. He tells us that we're gonna be able to stand firm and he's about to tell us how and unpack it. But he takes a moment to remind us that our struggle, what we're standing firm against is never what we can see with the naked eye. Our enemy is never a person. It's never a financial situation. It's never a child, it's never a diagnosis, it's never a teacher, right? It's never a global pandemic. The enemy, as we read in God's word, the enemy crouches behind those things. He uses them. He's expert, right, at twisting and manipulating and deceiving and stealing, killing and destroying. Behind those things, he crouches and uses them. But our enemy is not those things. Our enemy are not the things that we can see. Our enemy is unseen. Verse 13, therefore, take up the full, notice, take it up, all of it, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. And I believe that is the promise that we're going to work together to unpack in our time today, standing firm. Let's unpack this as we continue to read in verse 14. It says, stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth. Many translations call it the belt of truth, right? It's, it's interesting here that of all of the armor that a Roman soldier would wear, which is the analogy that Paul uses in Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 18, they would have been, the church of Ephesus, the people he was writing to would have been very familiar with Roman soldiers walking around. They would have been very familiar with what they look like. And when you saw a Roman soldier, it certainly wasn't their belt that was uh, attention grabbing. It wasn't the thing that was powerful and made you intimidated, right? But it was the very first thing a Roman soldier would put on when putting their armor on because it was the belt that all of the other pieces secured to and anchored to. And so it's not insignificant here that Paul likens the belt to truth, says every other piece of our armor is going to be made secure because it's going to be anchored to the truth of who God is, to the truth of the work of Jesus Christ on our behalf. We must, all of us, have an objective standard so that we can judge things rightly, so that we can decision appropriately, so as we put on this armor, we must first put on truth. John 1 describes God as full of grace and truth. I mean, God equals truth. That's the essence of who God is. There is no truth without God. God is truth. In John 14, Jesus describes himself 
as the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus also describes Satan in John 8, 44 as the father of lies. Satan is the father of untruth. John 8, 32, it says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And I don't believe it's an accident that Paul chooses to say the very first thing that we put on, the thing that anchors all the other pieces must be the truth of Jesus Christ. And that truth is what brings us freedom. So mom, is your life anchored in truth? Are your words anchored in truth? Your thoughts and your actions, your behaviors and your motives, is truth the first thing that you put on each day as you prepare for the day? Now, hand in hand with truth, verse 14 continues, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, when you did see a Roman soldier walk by, the breastplate is certainly one of the things you would notice because it was shiny, it was large, right? It was, it was designed to protect the vital organs, specifically the heart. The sun would have shone against it, it would have caught your attention. And Paul says, for us, the breastplate is righteousness. Righteousness, let me give you a working definition that I just love of righteousness because it's clean and it's simple, I can remember it. Righteousness is simply right living that creates an environment for right things. Right living that creates an environment for right things. Conversely, unrighteousness is simply wrong living, creating an environment for wrong things. And so righteousness is aligning my behavior with God's truth. 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. What a promise that is to each one of us. Now, what's interesting about the breastplate, we already mentioned it's large. It was also the heaviest piece of armor. It weighed about 70 pounds. And even a strong, strapping Roman soldier would have found the breastplate to be quite heavy until he anchored it to the belt. And when he did, it would redistribute the weight of that breastplate and allow it to do its job while not burdening and weighing down the soldier. And I believe it's righteousness tried to, when we try to live up to the standard that Christ sets for us, Matthew 5, 25, right? Be perfect as I am perfect. The standard of righteousness that Christ sets for us, if it's worn without being anchored to the belt of truth, it will weigh us down. It will break us. It will become burdensome and heavy. It will slow us down. But when we anchor it to the truth of what Jesus has done for us, the hope of salvation, right? When we anchor it to the truth of the work of Jesus Christ, it redistributes the weight and it brings freedom and it brings protection and it brings life. Christ's righteousness is what protects us and the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness go hand in hand. So mom, are you wearing the breastplate of righteousness along with the belt of truth? Are you trying to live rightly without anchoring it first in the truth of who God is and who he says you are and the hope that you can find in that and the freedom that comes in that. Is your attempt at right living anchored to the truth of who Jesus is and what he has done to set you free? Let's keep going. Verse 15, it says, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. 
Now, Roman soldiers would wear basically these custom shin guards that would start below their knee and they were metal and they would go down the leg and cover the shin and over the ankle and over the soft part of the foot, causing there to be an impenetrable covering on the lower part of their leg and their foot. Paul calls it, our feet need to be covered with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Gospel just means good news, that everywhere we go, we get to bring the good news of peace. As those who walk in the gospel of peace, we must have a resolved heart that is able to walk at a steady pace because we are at peace with God, with man, and with ourselves. We have the beauty, the obligation, the responsibility, the opportunity to carry the good news of the peace of Jesus Christ wherever we go, into our homes, into our jobs, into our communities. 1 John 2, 6 says, She that says she abides in Jesus... The girlfriend that says she abides in Jesus, that's me, ought herself also to walk even as Jesus walked. And what we know is that Jesus was the ultimate peacemaker. It doesn't mean (laughs) that he glossed over truth. He was truth, right? He is truth. It doesn't mean that he didn't know how to do confrontation and do it well and do it right. But his ultimate goal, his mission everywhere he went was to help restore man in right relationship with both God and with each other, with other men. So moms, we have the responsibility to bring God's peace with us. Every day we put on the gospel of peace and we we take it with us wherever we go, helping to restore man into right relationship both with God and with other people. Mom, are you bringing peace, the peace of Jesus with you wherever you go? Do you fully understand the role of being a peacemaker in this world? Have you brought intentional thought to that role as you put on the armor of God? Verse 16, it says, in addition to all of this, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. Now, this is the only piece of armor that is not affixed to the body of the soldier, right? It attaches to the arm and it's flexible and it moves with us. By using our faith as a shield, we are able to actually catch the fiery darts of the enemy. They're, 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 they're custom darts that are set on fire by the enemy. He knows what it, what, what it is to upset us, what it is, what our vulnerabilities are, how to tempt us. And he sends those to us. And Paul paints a picture here that they literally Our faith catches them and they fall to the ground and they smolder and they cause no damage. Our faith is meant to catch temptation, to catch those attacks and to render them ineffectual. Romans 12, three says, God has given each of us a measure of faith. Each one of us is given faith. And it's our job, our exciting responsibility to grow that faith, to feed that faith to develop that faith. So mom, are you nurturing your faith and using it to put out the fiery darts that the enemy is sending your way? Does your faith deflect attacks or are you finding that your faith catches those and they they do cause damage? They burn and cause a hole. They, They bring something negative. Our faith is supposed to grow. It's supposed to be strong. It's supposed to deflect attacks as a shield. Continuing in verse 17, 
Next, we find the helmet of salvation. I would say the helmet is arguably the most important piece because it's what protects the brain, right? Here, the helmet of salvation is what protects our mind. And the helmet of salvation is the hope that comes as a result of salvation. The hope that comes as a result of salvation. Second Thessalonians, excuse me, First Thessalonians 5.8, it says we wear the hope of salvation as a helmet. It spells it out here. The hope of salvation is the hope that comes with all of the promises of God. And these promises bring us hope that protects our thought life. I think about the hope that I have in the hope of forgiveness, right? The hope of being restored to God and restored in relationship to others. The hope of freedom, the hope of healing, the hope of, of what it means to be redeemed. The hope of life to the full, right? The hope of living a life that is my best life, that has purpose and impact. I mean, there's so much hope that comes with salvation and I wear that as a helmet. 2 Corinthians 10 verses 3 through 5. If you've not memorized these, I believe they should be in the back pocket of every Christian. These are some of the scriptures I use all the time in protecting my mind and, and engaging the enemy and letting him know that my thought life is not a place where he is welcome, but it belongs to Jesus. Those verses read, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. It's exactly what we're talking about in Ephesians 6 but they are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. I love that it says the destruction of fortresses. It's not like to win a little skirmish. Destroying fortresses, it just paints a different picture, doesn't it? We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Mom, where does your hope come from? Are your thoughts a place of hope? Are your thoughts a place of life? Is your mind protected by the hope of your salvation? And how are you working that out in your daily life? Verse 17 continues, this last item in this box of preparedness items that God has purchased, packaged, and delivered for each one of us is the sword of the Spirit. It reads, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Notice, interestingly, this is the only offensive piece of armor that we have. Every other piece of armor is used for defense, but the sword of the spirit is yes, used to defend us, but ultimately it is the only weapon that we have that can cut at the enemy, that can cause damage, that can bring harm to the enemy. Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing the soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. This mom's, dad's, teen's, friends, this is how we repel temptation. This is how we fight the enemy. We see Jesus did this perfectly in Luke 4 when he was tempted. The Bible says he was tempted in every way that we are. So there's no temptation that he has not already victoriously overcome. And in every temptation, he countered the enemy with, it is written. He used God's word to cut the enemy off at the knees. Psalm 119.11 says, for I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. This is the only offensive weapon we have. This is a weapon that our lives should be saturated in, that we should be daily practicing with. 
Our lives need to be filled with God's word. So mom, do you use God's word daily, right? Do you memorize it? Do you recite it? Do you sing it? Do you decorate with it? Do you talk about it? Do you read it? Is it saturating your life because it is your only offensive weapon? Do you know how to use it and use it well? As we begin to close, having looked at all of the items that are in this box of prepared items for us, I would be remiss if I didn't read verse 18 because I believe it's this last truth. It's this last piece and it is prayer. Let's look at verse 18 together. It says, with all prayer and petition at all times in the spirit and with this in view, be on the alert with all excuse me, perseverance and petition for all the saints. Paul says here, how do I stand firm? <laughs> I put on my armor. I do my part. I put on all of it. I learn how to use it. I become adept at using it. And then I activate all of it with prayer, a prayer life that is perseverant, a prayer life that is others minded. I pray for myself. I pray for the world. I pick up prayer all throughout the day. It's not a moment in time. It's something that saturates my life and activates fully all of these pieces of armor that God has given us. Mom, do you bathe everything in prayer? Do you have an ongoing conversation with God about what is happening in your life and in the world around you? Are you fervent in prayer? Are you constant in prayer? Are you activating this armor that God has given you with an ongoing prayer life that brings glory to who God is? As we close, Paul writes, having done all of this, having put all of this on, now you are ready to stand firm. Moms, regardless of what life brings, regardless of how good I am, let's be honest, regardless of how good my children are, how good they turn out, <laughs> regardless of how prepared I am in the natural, regardless of what the twists and turns of my journey, my journey of motherhood is gonna look like, regardless of those nitty gritty details that I'm just not gonna know until I get there, what I do know is that I can stand firm. So on this Mother's Day weekend, I want each mom who is here, each mom who is listening, to be reminded, to be encouraged, to be inspired, but most of all, to be empowered that you have the box of preparedness items that you need. So just honestly assess yourself. Over this Mother's Day weekend, am I putting on all of the armor? Am I doing my part? Am I leaving any parts out? Am I taking up the whole armor of God? And then do I saturate that armor? Do I activate that armor with a prayer life that keeps God in focus, that activates the full power of God on my behalf? And as I was wrestling with these truths and as I've been spending time in Ephesians 6, God reminded me of one of my favorite promises in God's word is in Proverbs 31. And we've got this beautiful picture in the second half of Proverbs 31 of the Proverbs 31 woman, right? The woman we all love to hate, but in reality, we all want to be. You know, it's, it's a snapshot, not of her life in a moment, but rather a snapshot of this woman's life in totality. And it's full of promise and she's, she's respected and revered. She's a woman of influence. She's a woman who her husband both likes and loves her. 
Her children love her. Her community loves her. She's made a contribution with her life. She's been industrious, right? The list goes on and on. One of my favorite verses in there that I claim as a promise for my own life and I want to pray in closing for each mom. It says that she, in verse 25, it says that she is clothed with strength and dignity and she can laugh at the days to come. Some translations say she faces the future with no fear. See, I want to be this woman. She doesn't laugh because she doesn't care. She doesn't laugh because she's in the weeds and she's given up. She also doesn't laugh because she's in control of every detail and knows the outcome of every situation. She laughs because she has learned who she is in Christ, that she has everything she needs to stand firm and her eyes are fixed on the one who holds it all. And because of that, she can take each day, one day at a time, do her part, influence the next generation, disciple the next generation, launch the next generation and laugh in the journey. And that's gonna be my prayer for each one of us. Let's pray. Father, I just pray right now that you would meet every mom this Mother's Day weekend. You know the details of where she finds herself in her mothering journey right this moment. And Father, I pray that she would feel loved by you. She would feel seen by you. Father, that each one of us as moms, we would do our part. We would put on this box of preparedness items. Lord, that we would become adept at using the full armor of God. That there would be no vulnerability to the enemy by leaving pieces in the box. And Father, once fully armed, God, that we would learn to stand firm. When it feels like even the ground beneath us is moving, the chaos of life, the unexpected things that come our way with parenting, with pandemics, it's crazy. But Father, we know that we have everything we need to stand firm. And I pray that it would be our testimony, our declaration that each one of us is able to stand firm. And then in so doing, we are clothed with strength and dignity, and we are able to truly laugh at the days to come. Let that be the story of our lives. Empower each mother here, love on each mother here in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, church, for being with us. Happy Mother's Day to all of us. God bless you and have a great weekend celebrating. We hope to see you next Saturday.